It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. This is very odd. This is the Custard TV podcast. We've got Gary back and I'm so, so hey! stressed out by this. I'll tell you why I'm stressed out. It's because they're in the same room. Matt and Gary. I can see Matt, but he's actually got his back to me. So, quite rude. If you're a fan of the old incarnation of the podcast, this is a bit of a throwback. We've got Gary, who's in London, in the London area. Matt's joined I, him. I can tell to... you, he's lying on his sofa. Yes. He's next um, to all the books and a lot of the DVDs and everything. So, What's on uh, Gary's DVD shelf, Matt? Can you see that's that? That's over there? here, Matt. That's there and there. Uh, I can see The X-Files, Heroes, Star Trek, Bones. Yeah. Which season are Bones? One, I think, because it's a, it's a cheapie. I can see Inception. Yeah. Ronin. Can you really see Inception or not? Yeah. <laughs> mighty Boosh. You don't strike me as a Mighty Boosh fan. Anyway, really? let's let's. Reservoir uh... Dogs. All right, that. Go. Halloween. <laughs> I think. Do you want me to stop? <laughs> yeah, we've got to be done by two o'clock. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Uh, there is a slight echo, and that is because they're in the same room, and uh, if that gets annoying, we'll, we'll, we'll do something better. For now, I think it's endearing. There, um, there is actually a short satellite delay as well. So when Matt says something, say something, Matt. Hello. It comes through like a half a second later on the headphones. It's yeah, really but I've, I've been with Matt in real life as well, and there's a delay there. Oh, I right. think it's a Matt. right. <laughs> so this is the TV podcast. We've been away for a while, but we're back. Matt and Gary are together because they're I've going to... I've been away for a long time. Sporting event uh, tonight. But we're going to do as normal the four reviews. Boxmaster at the end. Gary's been desperate to do Boxmaster. Uh, you've not been on the podcast since January. Have you had any big, big TV highlights that you've become obsessed with in the in in the time between now and then? I have to admit, when I stopped doing the podcast, I did kind of like stop watching a lot of television that that the sort of things that you that we used to watch. So I saved them up, and then I think about as we got to about June, I started watching them, and I went back. I quite liked what was the one uh, where someone <laughs> Here we died. Go. What was the one where someone died in a seaside village? Was that the bay? The bay. Yes. I quite liked the bay. It was contrived at times, and some of the plot was a bit dodgy. 
But I did like it. Uh, apart from that, no, I haven't really been sort of blown away by anything this year. I think, as Matt and I were just talking, your your best of the year British TV is going to be a hard one to do. It is. It, it, well, it's of, virtually non-existent. I mean, at the moment, just, yeah. Just very that quickly. might change today. Just very quickly. Uh, Matt, I know when you listen back, the <laughs> echo for you is going to be irritating. So I don't know it is irritating to. now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I should try going Larry, upstairs. go upstairs. Yeah, I'll, try, I'll go upstairs. It's fun. Oh, no, that's clearer. Oh, it's that's a shame, better now. You have to be separated. There we are, and I've shut the door, and I can open the window, so at least I can get some fresh air. Excuse me. What a shame. Matt, okay. don't, don't steal anything while I'm not downstairs, okay? I'll steal your Candarelle. <laughs> I'm right next to I need kitchen, that. So I can see his... Um, He's got some Ooh. Saxo, some Cadbury's highlights. I tell you what, we're gonna have to do before the end. We'll, we'll rush through the reviews. We're gonna have to do like a crib style. What's in Gary's fridge? Oh Ooh. yeah, you can through do, the peel. Yeah. Right then, four reviews, two drama, um, yeah, two dramas, one comedy and a documentary, all British this week, which is perhaps the first I think for this incarnation of the podcast. Actually, Matt, what would you consider the biggest show to start with? A I would or the capture. I would say the capture, personally. What about you, Gary? I would agree. Who wants to set this up, knowing that I've missed Gary's setting oh, up? Oh, no. Things? <laughs> oh, right, OK. Oh, no, no, I can do this. I can do this. You're under suspicion for assault and kidnapping. I'm being set up. I didn't do any of that. Got it. Target on foot. The police think I've done it. My ex thinks I've done it. And between me and you, there are moments when I'm scared that I've done it. Where she is, Sean. If you knew what was at stake, you would walk away and pretend this never happened. Brother's watching us. He's not just watching. I'm so tired of believing people. While you're watching everybody else, don't ever assume there isn't somebody watching you. The capture is a thriller. It is set in the world of police and uh, CCTV surveillance and counter-terrorism. So we start off with Luke's favourite three months earlier or 18 um, hours earlier or something. I remember. It was it was eight hours, wasn't it? It was eight yeah. hours. And we're, we're inside what looks like a sort of a CCTV surveillance room. And we see uh, a scene which annoyingly gets replayed again in the correct chronological time period, which, again, I don't like either. Yeah. Um, of two people watching CCTV. One of them is watching a colleague go to the wrong chicken shop, a very South London thing to do. Uh, I can confirm. I will take Matt to a variety of chicken shops this afternoon if he wants oh, to. Oh, you're going to have to stay for a week with all this stuff. <laughs> with all this stuff. But basically, she then observes a an assault. Well, from what you gather is an assault because you don't actually see it at this stage. Again, something I didn't really like, but it's a minor nickel. <laughs> Uh, it then flashes back to uh, the a couple of different storylines. One is a newly promoted uh, detective, uh, female detective. Again, you have to help me with names. Played by Holiday Granger, um, D.I. Rachel, Rachel Carey. Carey. Certainly is there for her looks, I feel, um, as well as her acting ability. And she's working as the lead detective, the SIO, in a, a, a homicide division. We later find out that as a kind of a fast-track scheme... She can't get to the upper echelons of her division until she's 
led a team. So she's kind of a fish out of water, but a, a kind of a young detective, uh, quite sort of youthful. And, and, and what did and, they call them? There was a name someone described oh them as, God. wasn't there? Well, it was the guy. It was our mate, wasn't it? Craig Parkinson described her. No, not he's Craig not, Parkinson. He's not in um, this. Oh, it's the bloke out of the office, isn't it? Ralph Innocent. That's it. Who plays the grumpy uh, old? He's the boss. Yeah. But I who's the one who's the colleague? Kelvin Kirkin from Cal- Kevin Kirkin, yeah. He's the one who's the... And he, he used something, didn't he, like you've been he fast He did, yeah. Minutiae, yeah. anyway, carry on. Indeed. Uh, so they go to... You sort of see her showing her um, abilities by... They go to a homicide and she manages to get on the level of a young man and get him to kind of confess or explain what he saw or what happened at a recent homicide of his brother. It, it, you know, so you see that she's got some skills and ability get to a case of a convicted army soldier who was convicted of by helmet cam footage of killing a isis um soldier in afghanistan before he he surrendered after he'd surrendered or according to the helmet cam footage you see him first in prison then in his appeal you know that he's got a young daughter he's estranged from his partner basically what happens from there is that he is exonerated and let out and yeah. is immediately drawn back in by the police uh, for a crime that he claims he didn't commit but the video evidence which was he it's, it, the video evidence shows him assaulting his barrister again played by not an unattractive young lady Laura um, yes and he basically ends up back in uh, back in prison or back in police custody, and is interviewed by Hol- is it Holiday Granger. Yes, uh, yeah. Holiday Granger's character, uh, and they go in quite heavy-handed because of the notoriety of him. So they send armed police into Stormy's house and wake his grandfather up in the middle of the night with guns pointing at him. They do it in quite a sort of a overly brutal way. I mean, Matt, let's start Hello. with you. Let's start with you. Um, what did you think? I thought I, I quite enjoyed it actually. Um, this is from Ben Chanan, isn't it? Who did things like Cyberbully um, and the People Next Door for Channel Four, which were sort of drama documentaries, weren't they? And I felt like they were going for a similar style here, um, with the the focus on the cameras. So it's like you know he gets exonerated in the case because of a faulty camera, and then he's convicted because of potentially another faulty camera. This feels like, you know, the BBC almost trying to get another franchise here. Yeah. With Holiday Granger's character. It was like, I'm only here because I need to get this job so I can get promotion back in counter-terrorism. And it feels like maybe they will do, if this is a success, that they will do a series which focuses on a different thing to do with, like, CCTV. Obviously, she's got a history as well with the sort of CCTV division. I don't know what what you would call that with Nigel yeah. Lindsay plays like her old boss. It held my attention for the hour. Um, I, I Will it hold your attention for the next five is the question. I don't know because I haven't watched the next five. Have you not? <laughs> <laughs> I can see from the thing that Ron Perlman's going to be in, in the later episodes of this, Hellboy himself, but I'm not oh, quite really? sure. Um, but yeah, no, very watchable, sort of good thriller for Monday nights. Um, or Tuesday nights, as it's going to be or on Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. You could watch, you it, could watch it on a Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I didn't think the uh, the Luke special spoiled too much for me. It's not one of those where it's sort of like a really exciting scene because they sort of pull back. You don't see the entire thing, do you? You just like 
there's something going on and then we're going to go and see these characters and then pull back to see exactly what Sharon Rooney is looking at, which which I didn't have a big issue with. What about you, Gary? You said you've not had, you've not kept up with much since the podcast finished. And now you've previewed this. Is this one you're going to add to your list? I, I quite liked this. It, it kind of fits that bodyguard line of duty kind of style. Mm. Uh, I really liked um, Holiday Granger. Uh, I, I do think she was good in that role. And I think believable as someone who is trying to be a, a climber. I thought I would be annoyed that she's having an affair with the commander, but actually it worked into the storyline okay. And I think that's the intrigue that's obviously going to play out later. My only worry about the next five episodes is what's going to happen next? Mm. Because he's already been caught and he's in CCTV. What is the conspiracy or the thing that's going to yeah. be behind it? And the last thing I'll say is that I did get a bit of a making the mur- making of the making of a murderer sort of like link. You know, someone who had been exonerated of a crime and then immediately seemingly framed for something else. And I wonder whether they took the writers took some of their inspiration from a story like that. You know, what if we put someone in a situation, uh, and as Matt said, someone who'd been framed by CCTV to be caught by CCTV, whether there was some sort of link there. Yeah, I, I agree with you about the bodyguard connections and things. My issue, and it's an issue I always have, sorry, I just didn't care enough by the end. I wasn't drawn in. I don't find Holiday Granger or Callum Turner that interesting. I didn't really care for the d- dynamic between the two working police officers and I just felt this was another sort of big budget action show and those I struggle with. Where where Bodyguard won me over was that opening 20 minutes where you were just absolutely hooked and this didn't have that hook for me. I wasn't really engaged with it and I, personally I won't be carrying on because I just I okay. I didn't care enough. I mean it it might be one where someone says oh the midpoint you know this happens and that happens but I think it's just another big. And then you jump on the bandwagon. Well, yeah. no, because I think I think the characters were quite dead behind the eyes. I I think you'd you'd struggle to describe Holiday Granger really well or Callum Turner really. There wasn't really any, anything going on there. No, but I think they're trying to attract a younger audience than us. These are young mm. twenty, mid twenties, early thirties actresses and actors. This is not the drama. You know, we, we grew up with the line of duties and the silks and things like that. <laughs> but the, no, but I'm oh, just so quickly, how old were you when, when line of duties started? Well, you know what I mean? No, I mean, no, no, but I think, I think they're trying I to capture... They're trying to capture the Killing Eve audience, I yeah, think. I know exactly what... Yeah. Yeah. Callum Turner is 29, Holiday yet. Granger is 31, so you're right. Yeah, yeah I get what and you I, mean. But I think they're trying to grab that audience... Mm. And that's but, why we're not gravitating towards the characters, because I don't think we relate to those people at all. I think Holiday Granger, the the, the Rachel character, was a re- well-defined character, as Gary said. I, I think you, a bit boring. I, I think you, you got what she was about. You know, she's... Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the Foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The Foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at armyhistory.org. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. 
Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Ambitious, uh, intelligent, looking. Yeah, just you know, under a bit dull. I think. She doesn't show a lot of emotion. I'll give you that. She's quite robotic, but I think again that might be because of the role. And she's because she's a woman be in the of... police force. Yeah. Mm. Same with Vicky McClure in Line of Duty. She's emotionless. In the but, office, no, yes. I I get what what Matt's saying. It is still a completely watchable hour of television. And if someone forced me to watch it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Very slick, very slick. Far worse. But it's. It, but I think that it, for me, it was just a bit too robotic. And I suppose Ben Channon as well worked on the second series of The Missing, didn't he? He directed the second series of The Missing, mm. and you know what that was like. You know. Yeah. The miss, the missing didn't introduce you to all the characters straight no. away and all the elements. That, so it, again, it is hard to judge on this first episode alone. Yeah. I I will keep watching Luke, and if you want to know what's going on, just ask me. Okay, so the next one is a confession, which is ITV's big drama. This one stars Martin Freeman. This is a true life crime story written by the master of those, Jeff Pope. He brought us Mrs. Biggs, an appropriate adult, and more recently. One I didn't see about Hatton Garden, but he's more size. All all of those big kind dramas you can think of and Scylla were written, were written by Jeff. <laughs> was, was there a murder in Scylla? I don't remember that. Yeah. A couple a of music cats. career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Few of the songs. So, so this is um, Martin Freeman as DS Steve Fulcher, who's drawn into the case of missing girl Sean O'Callaghan, and annoyingly for me. This story was actually told last year as an ITV documentary. I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but it told you the whole story, had proper interviews with Steve Fulcher and things like that. So I sort of know where this story's going, but it's the story of a missing girl and the investigation into her disappearance. And then on the other side, there's Amanda Stoughton's character who's who's estranged from her daughter and wanting to see her after years apart. Those are the basic starting points for a confession now i have a confession to make we watched four shows this week and this morning when i knew we were going to record the podcast i was convinced i hadn't watched one and i was thinking i've seen and i'd completely forgotten that i'd seen the confession because i I confession come on sorry sorry i thought if anyone was going to do that yeah i'd completely forgotten i'd seen this i should preface this by saying it's similar in style and tone to Manhunt, which I didn't like the first episode of, but then became one of the f- the best shows of the year. I found it really plodding, and actually... It, yeah, no, I, I agree. It wasn't... When I read about it, and I was like, oh, this is six, and all of Jeff Pope's other things have been five, three, one, and I'm thinking, how are they going to stretch this story over six? Because I know what the story is, and I just found it so dull, yeah, and I, I, I was really looking forward to it. But I, I don't think I'm going to watch this anymore either. Because A, I know the story, and B, I found it quite boring. I, I suppose, yeah, it does feel like oddly elongated because I reckon a lot of people are going to be, well, why is it called A Confession? And I sort of know the basic building blocks of this, but if you just watched it, what, who's confessing to what? You sort of, yeah. you know, they, they didn't really reveal very much in this first episode apart from... But then again, Luke, you know, you've just shot yourself in the foot because this was all about building up the characters. No, but, I agree. But, and but... I think that's the only thing that we're sitting here saying, ah, oh, in the capture, everything happens in episode one and Luke's already sort of checks out. In this one, it's kind of the reverse. Like, they've really only done 
one part, one little part of this story, and I'm not as familiar. I do kind of remember, but I'm not. I don't think I watched the documentary. And, but I remember hearing about it. So we know what's coming, but they've really. I think they they're going to fill six episodes no problem, in my opinion, because they've hardly mm. done anything. ITV were very clever with Manhunt because I had a similar mm. reaction. It's only three, wasn't it? Well, it was only three, and they put it over three nights, so it meant that I could watch episode two on Tuesday and episode three yeah. on Wednesday. This has got that week's gap that terrestrial TV loves, obviously, and I have to be honest, I really struggled to get through this. I it, it, it needed it needed a hook at the yeah. end of episode one to like get the come back to had. episode two. Like the capture, there was a lot of familiar faces here. You know, you had Ian Paulson, Davis, Siobhan Finner and Peter White. All, all these, John Thompson was there as this yeah. sort of disgrace. I mean, that, that, that wasn't great casting for me because John Thompson's well known. And that that part didn't need to be, it didn't need to be John Thompson, if you know what I mean. I I, I don't know. I did, that didn't sit well with me. I know there's more to come with that storyline and how it fits in, but I, I don't know. I know we're always disparaging of the Luke special, but this feels like one that could have actually done with... (laughs) I should actually actually say what this Luke special is, in case people are wondering. This is when shows do this thing where they show you a really exciting or tense or important moment, and then they, in the next scene, flashback to a year earlier or six months later or 30 days earlier or whatever, and completely take you out. That's one of my... As someone who watched the documentary, is is Martin Freeman sort of similar to this DS? Because no, that one of the really. things that they praised Martin Clunes for was his sort of you know nailing the mannerisms of the of the chap not, he was playing. Not, the in, not in looks or voice or no. anything. I, I tell you who would be closer, oddly, is Ian Pulliston Davis. He looks a lot like him. But obviously, he's not a big enough name, really, to I, hold I, the whole I, show. I didn't really like Martin Freeman in this, I have to be honest. I, I think the character's a bit dull. And I felt like there was no character in him at all. The only part of emotion that you really saw for him was where they rung him when he just, he's got his pizza. You know, that was the only realistic moment of like, you know, you know, we've all done that. You know, you sit down to eat your dinner, the doorbell goes, the phone rings, and you're like, ugh. That was the only kind of realistic part of his character that I saw. You get the impression he's not one for police politics because he's he's sort of semi-chastised for his early meeting with the John Thompson character, isn't he? Like, yeah. it's not looking good on you to be liaising with someone who's got this sort of, you know, impending prosecution against them. Yeah, and, and again, as you say, a lot of sort of similarities to Manhunt in that they, you know, they have the scenes where they're all sitting around the table and divvying out the jobs and things like that and trying to sort of you know, organise the search parties for this girl who's gone missing. And I think this really suffers from being out, you know, six or so months after after um, Manhunt was out. Very similar, you know, true, true crime story. And I think but, spreading it out over six, it feels like it's already suffering from that. It didn't grab me at all. And actually, obviously, on the previous night, we get it without the ads and things. And I remember thinking... The first ad break was really odd because it didn't have anything leading up to it, or mm. you know, there, there which is very unusual for ITV drama. Because normally yeah. I praise them that they do 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 they do actually do those little jumps into adverts. You know, that, I, particularly in Endeavour, they do that all the time. They always do little reveals just or little surprises. Just I would say there there are zero hooks in this. And mm, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to spend the next five weeks watching it. I really. But do don't. you think that's because it's true? Therefore, yeah, you, it's because it's linked to a true story. You can't just add things well, in. Well, no, I, I appreciate. Well, I that, but I've watched a lot of Jeff Pope's things, and a lot of them have been some of my favourite TV. But I don't think this. What? I've, 
this cast what? is really boring. Strange one. A Confession airs on Monday nights on ITV, and bizarrely, it's six episodes. Normally, I'm saying that UK stuff needs to be a bit longer, but I think they could chop two episodes out of this and not really lose a lot of story. Well, other um, than we won't find out what happened, because they'll cut off the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, two in the middle or two at the beginning. Oh, OK, yeah, fair time. enough, yeah. <laughs> It won't make I mean, sense really... when they arrest people then, you know. No, that, that's very true. like a jump cut, you know. Yeah, very true. Matt, why don't you walk us through Brassic? Because you, you were probably in it at some point. I didn't <laughs> is it because it's from the north? <laughs> so this is... This is... Oh, I love that. Well, it's billed as a comedy series, but it's sort of more of a comedy drama, I would say. Um, it's created and stars Joe Gilgan alongside... Um, co-created with Danny Brocklehurst... Follows the lives of um, a group of friends led by Gilgan's Vinny, who were very much sort of Jack the Lad types. You see them in the first scene st- being chased by the police in a stolen car. They also sort of grow cannabis. There's a subplot in this where they're trying to steal a Shetland pony. The, the sort of more serious aspect of this is that the character of Vinny, Joe Gilgan's character, is a, is bipolar. Um, goes to see a doctor played by Dominic West in several scenes. We've then got um, Dylan played by Damien Maloney, who's sort of the mo- the sort of the most sort of normal one, I would say, of the group. He's in a relationship with with uh, Michelle Keegan's character Erin, who's this single mum who's trying to better herself, uh, going to college, and it's sort of his two relationships with Vinny and with Erin, and sort of being pulled both sides um and that's it really in the first episode isn't it it's them getting into sort of various scrapes which you feel will be the sort of the building blocks for throughout the six episodes which are all available on on now tv aren't sky box sets um luke let's start with you on this one well the the comparisons to shameless are obvious danny brockworth wrote a lot of shameless and b it's that anarchic sort of poorer side of the country getting their say and their world. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, little digs and it felt very authentic. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I think the dialogue was was unusual, but, again, felt very honest and very authentic. The thing was, for me, I, I felt like it couldn't really decide what it mm. wanted to be and there was a disconnect in tone, which is a very TV critic thing to say, tone, but yeah, for me, it just it wasn't quite sure where it wanted to be, and Shameless always hooked me because at the heart of that was the Gallagher family, who at the end of the day, whatever, quote unquote scrapes they got into, they had each other's back. But I think this sort of didn't know whether it wanted to be out and out comedy or whether it wanted to tell a more delicate, serious story about the characters. And yeah, because I didn't, I didn't find it particularly funny, but I really liked it. I think it's the, the dialogue and mm. the delivery of the lines that are and the sort of The sort of tone and sort of almost the cadence Chaot- of it. And the chaotic nature of it mm. as well. It's, it's yeah. unlike anything else we got on TV. But it's not one, again, sorry, that I'm, that I'm going to seek out and continue. But I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I would praise... Sky for putting things like this on. Um, this feels very personal to Joe Gilgan, doesn't it? And it seems mm. like something that they've taken a bit of a chance on because there's no big name. I suppose Michelle Keegan's the biggest name in this, who, well, who I thought was very good in this. I quite like her. She's doing always this. good. I tell you a bit of the backstory that I do know is that okay. Joe Gilgan and Dominic West w- worked on a film years ago called Pride about the the sort of gay 
uh, aspect of the minor strike. Which he is very used, good. Which is very good. And Joe Gilgan used to regale Dominic West with these stories about his friend group and what they used to get up to and what his life was like. And Dominic West is like, you have to write these down. You have to make a series out of this. And he says, well... I'll do it, but I want you involved in it as well in case it all goes wrong. So that's why Dominic West is in there. And uh, his bits don't work for me. Those are the no, only bits that didn't work. they're completely disconnected, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's not one that I'm going to stick with. It's not one I'll remember by the end, but I do it's, think... It's, it's something that if else. you want an easy watch for 40 or so minutes, it's something to stick on, you can watch, you can mm. sort of, you know, you don't have to concentrate it on that much. But it is a well-made series, and we don't get a lot of, the, you know, you mentioned Shameless, how many of these sort of working-class, you know, no. programmes like this do you see now? You don't, you know, it's all mainly like the crime dramas and things like that, that's, isn't it? That's why I struggle, because we're making shows like The Capture more and more regularly, mm-hmm. The proper voices are getting lost. I because I love the they want to sell them so internationally. Yeah, that's what they want to try and sell the like bodyguard did really well internationally. Yeah. So they're trying to find that next bodyguard, and obviously that's why they've got an American star coming into the capture as well to try yeah. and you know sell it internationally and get that international acclaim. Whereas something like Brassic, it wouldn't get an international audience because it is a very British series. But that's what we should be. You know, championing really. So uh, good on Sky for doing this, and it's so good to have fans of the Wire won't be right. flocking to this just because I mean, of Dominic Gary, West. This must have been like somebody put your life on screen. This must <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, after the, t- I tell you what, you're lucky I didn't have a lot on this week because after the first ten minutes, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? I, I didn't think you'd last I, longer than ten I, minutes. I, I, He's I, lasted. What, I, I, I stuck. I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did. But I ain't going to be watching any more. And here's why. It's overly crude and i don't just mean i was shocked by the language i was shocked by the tone and and some of the incidents in it and i appreciate that it's trying to capture a realistic part of i don't know it's, it's, i don't set in the north but it doesn't necessarily need to be of a small town mentality people who feel their lives aren't going anywhere people with dreams that are unfulfilled and feel stuck and i did like some of the more sort of some of the more The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pathos type moments where. Uh, the lead character was babysitting Michelle Keegan's son and was out in the car with him. And, and I, I quite like some of those connection moments. 
But the whole idea of the northern town train spotting bit at the moment where here's so-and-so and he's a bit of a Jack the Lad and he likes S&M. Yeah, there was it, a that, sort of... That I didn't need. But I suppose you need to introduce the characters in some way and the voiceover didn't bother me too much. It's sort of, as you say, like a train spotting Diddy and um, like a lock stock of two smoky barrels. Guy, yes. There's some Guy Ritchie elements in there as well. And, and even in the way in which, like a gangster movie, it's like, well, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. And there was that kind of quid pro quo throughout the show. You steal the Shetland pony, I won't tell the police about your drugs. You steal me that car and I'll get you this. You know, that kind of idea that you can never get anything done because every time you need something, someone else wants you to do something for it. And you know, it felt very contrived to me. I think it had a charm and, to it, though, and there, as there I say, were, an authenticity. Yeah, there, there were charms and authenticity. And I think most of that was in the individual acting. Mm. I, I won't be carrying on. I, I, I agree. I agree with you that Sky are being bold in this, and they're certainly pushing it. A lot of advertising, as Matt says, you can gorge on all of Brassic on Now TV or Sky box sets if you're a customer, or it's on weekly. I think Thursday nights, and we're a couple of episodes. We're actually this started a few weeks ago. We're a bit behind on it. Um, but yeah, again, brave if, can bold. I just can I just advertise as well? Sorry, because I, I I had a bit of problem finding the first episode. It's available on the Sun website as a free to watch That's on the, the first episode, which I, which is how I, I watched it. Uh, so if you don't have Sky and if you don't have Sky and you don't want to pay, uh, pay your uncle, but Don, you buy the Sun, uh, and and but you can support Mr. Murdoch uh, and yeah. uh, and watch which it that we, way. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I I agree with with both Matt and Gary that it is bold, brave. Uh, it's just not something I'll be watching. And actually felt. Somewhat dated in a way. I thought this would have been on in sort of the early noughties, and I would have had a better connection to it. It's I'm I'm obviously odd because I don't like overly big big shows like The Capture, but this was really based in reality, and I wasn't too fond on it either. I don't know where what I want from a show. No, I don't. You no, know, this seems like something you would like. You know, these are characters that are believable. There's um, a show I want to discuss next week that I've fallen in love with. That okay. um, I th- I think I'll be able to. But did you not find on. there was an because the the word you always use is connecting to the characters? Did you not find anything to latch onto here or what was what not was re- what was the the sticky? I can understand Gary's sort of reservations. Oh yeah, Gary's with a it. snob. You couldn't <laughs> watch this with your parents. No, but I but I suppose what what. Was it that you won't? Why won't no. you be watching it anymore? I, th- I think it just. I think it, I'm slightly with Gary. It almost felt too anarchic in in ways. Almost felt too in your face. And actually, the characters, or as much as I liked them, were often more cartoony than real. Too much of the time. Sorry, and it, it, so, it, Matt. There's tissues behind you uh, downstairs if you need them. I, I I've got some of my own and blow my nose. Oh, okay, fair enough. I just I just have just you got cameras you... down here. No, but I can hear you, and I was yeah. like, well, I'd be a good host to say that. They're, un- they're under the nest of tables, Matt. No, they're on top of the tall boy. Get it right. <laughs> okay, Brassics on Sky and Now TV if you want to watch it. Finally! I feel like I'm on the capture now. <laughs> but I just don't make any sudden yeah. movements, Matt. Just, just smile and wave, Matt. Smile and wave. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com 
finally, it's a documentary. We haven't actually had a documentary on the podcast for a while. This is the new one for BBC Two. Starts on Wednesday nights. It's called The Great Big Hospital Experiment. I think, and actually, Luke, having just come back from the Edinburgh TV Festival, they would describe this as fact tense, I would say. Sorry, sorry, fact tense. As factual entertainment. So this takes a group of young people who are either struggling to find work or are in work but want to have an inside look at the workings behind the scenes in Derby at the NHS. The sort of backstory to this is the NHS is struggling, it's understaffed, and could volunteers helping out the nursing staff be the way forward is to helping out the struggling NHS? Just very briefly, as someone who works sort of in this field, Gary, mm-hmm. why, in your opinion... Why is it? Because all we ever hear is the NHS is struggling. Why is it? Obviously, it's, it's government cuts and it's patient. Yeah, it's, it's basically as you saw a lot of it in this first episode. It's lack of staff to be able to cope with patient need. In years gone by, uh, patient they would look after themselves when in hospital. Family members was, but I think mm. in the last twenty years. The way in which the NHS has modernised, the introduction of superbugs and things mm. like that, and the more we well, know did, about... They didn't introduce them, to be fair. No, but you know what I mean? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and as they said in this, people are living longer and things yeah, like that, people, aren't they? People, yeah, people are living longer. And I think what it is is that the, 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 the gap that this show has highlighted is there's no one to sit and feed the elderly patients. There's no one to talk to the nervous patient. And there's a lot now made of the patient experience either in hospital or when you visit a clinic, of has this helped you in getting better? In other words, if you've had to sit for six hours in A&E, that's not going to help you whether your ailment is a broken arm or a broken brain. So there's this whole idea that that, that volunteers and being able to spend time with patients will help them and help their recovery and going home and not needing to come back to hospital, therefore not putting more pressure on the NHS again. That's fair enough, yeah, and and um, this does highlight all the issues Gary just spoke of. Now, I watch a lot of medical documentaries. My folks are obsessed with things that go inside people's bodies and taking out this and that shouldn't be there or what's this ailment. And so this um, is sort of in my wheelhouse. And but it, but again, I don't know what's wrong with me. I've got problems. I didn't but that's enjoy a separate this. issue. There's a separate. Yeah. That's a separate episode. Like. I I didn't uh, enjoy <laughs> this. I didn't enjoy this for for a number of reasons. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I, surprised with that. I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm shocked by it because again, it are was you, one are you just I, had a really bad week. <laughs> no, I've watched a lot of good stuff this week. It just happens that just none uh, of it for this podcast. Just none of this for the podcast. <laughs> I I tell you what, I I this in the old days this would have been on BBC Three. I I've written oh, that yeah. exact note down. Yeah. in my notes for this because it felt like a bbc3 documentary the voiceover was young the yeah. contributors da- were daniel young. rigby wasn't it yeah this sounds awful i found the majority of the young people really irritating well, and i've I, seen sorry that, to I've cut seen you off. Go on, i was just going to say they they was there was 14 volunteers wasn't there but they really only focused on three yeah. in this first episode i presume yeah. they'll focus yeah. on more as it goes on um so I found them slightly irritating. I found some of the staff irritating. The trainee, the guy who trained them all was, was almost too ready for TV. It, it felt too... I think that my issue with it... She's not worked to the NHS. I've felt a lot of docs. I've seen a lot of docs. In fact, one that stuck with me 
from 2011 was a thing called When Teenage Meet Old Age, which was a similar premise where they put teenagers in an old people's home and sort of changed their perspective of things. That was really well done. This felt almost too self-aware and made to Produce. TV. Yeah, it, it wasn't... It was very slickly done. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. But I thought that was some. It still, it still for me had a huge amount of charm and no, emotion. For me, it didn't feel genuine. It, it felt like everyone really? was aware they were on TV. And I've seen a lot of docs that shock you to your core, and people are really open up and tell them. When that when that didn't... bloke when that bloke went and brushed that woman's teeth, and when those two girls, Poppy and whatever the other one's name was, were, were feeding that guy, and he was talking and feeding mm. himself, you didn't you didn't get that. You didn't get I, that. I same found feeling. that. Amazing. I found that bit emotional. I wouldn't say with the teeth brushing with the guy. No, with the... but uh, no, not necessarily. But, uh, you didn't get that same sort of feeling like with the child, the five-year-olds and the old people. So no, you didn't get no, that. I, did, I didn't get See, that. See, I'm, I didn't I'm, get I'm me surprised. I, I think you've lost your emotion, Luke. No, um, <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think, I don't know. Maybe you, I, I think there's that here in, in abundance. And I don't know whether you've missed it or whatever. I'd be surprised if you didn't watch the second episode and feel differently. And I would disagree about the staff as well. I really like the staff and I really yeah. like those little sort of the Vox Poppy moments where they were talking about, you know, what they're squeamish about, you know, their first days on the job, things like that. And and no, I, I, I could see what you mean about the young people sort of being aware. But these are like 18 year olds being followed around by cameras, isn't it? You know, you are going to be aware. I would agree these maybe the guy with the the surgery the guy they described as too posh to wash mm. um he was the one for me who was like he he's doing this mainly to be on tv but you know there was some who were doing it purely to sort of i you know pu- prove that young people care think, about these things and i think mainly i think i think i just i think you've just put the idea of why it, or i struggled with it i've seen a lot of hospital docs i've seen a lot of things that have made me feel uncomfortable watching mm. because it's it's personal and it's real and it's people's lives this felt too cast for me they went yeah. out and found those people and it i would like to know a bit of a background about how those people ended up as you say yeah was which came first the television program or the scheme mm. did they did they recruit people to work in a hospital as a volunteer and then decide to film it or was it more the other way around yeah, because right. I do I do agree. Some of them did look like former Big Brother, you know, potential Big Brother contestants, as we used to call them. You know, people who are desperate to get on television and have their fifteen minutes and maybe maybe go viral. And mm. then I got the feeling that there were some genuine people, like the bloke who the, the main guy that you know, the smoker. I can't remember his name, but he was kind of like most most of the focus was around him, you know, in this episode. And this whole idea that he'd worked in a pub and he'd worked in an estate agent and he didn't know what he wanted he to do. He was like the sla- the sort of listless slacker, wasn't he? Yeah, and this whole idea the that of the like group. one day... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they all sort of felt, the, the three we focused on all fell into sort of certain stereotypes. You had him who was this sort of Jack the Lad, 18-year-old, sat, re- <laughs> sat round all day. At the end of the first day, he was like, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, sat yeah. round all day playing video games. Um, you had the girl whose mum was a nurse, but she herself found it really hard to sort of mm. look when things were seeping out of these people's abdomens. To be and, fair, and... to be fair, can I just say mm. I've seen someone's stoma. It's gross. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's another one like like a confession. I set it up on my Sky Plus to record for us to watch, and I'm now thinking, do we want to? Can I? Can I? Can I say? And I know I'm not going to be on this podcast next time. 
I really think if you try this again with the next episode, if you get over that preconception that these people are too interested in TV and look a little bit behind <clears throat> and, 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 and if the stories come out, and I know the next one features quite a lot in A&E, and I, I know we all, you know... And, the, and the children's ward as well. Yeah, and I think that will get you a bit more, and I think you might okay. see that... And I, I don't know, as we go on, like with the children in the old people's home, they're going to review a bit more about the process and, and how effective it is. And I think mm. I, I feel like out of these four, if you were to say to me, which one should I definitely watch more of? I would say this one. And okay. also it feels like they are trying to advertise the fact that they're running these schemes because at, yeah. right at the end they had like, if you'd like more information on this. Because original, the original title for this was Blood, Sweat and Volunteers. Oh, oh, that would have been B quite good. That's a BBC Three title, though. Because yeah. well, well, that, that's a bit better than because on the preview we were watching, it was that it was it was billed as the hospital blood, sweat, and volunteers, mm. but they now changed it to the big hospital experiment. That is on Wednesday nights on BBC Two. I still like television. I promise you, and I'll prove that <laughs> next week. Uh, but it just happens that this, these four just for whatever did, did reason. You, did you watch the Bake Off this week, Charles? No, no, no. I, just, I, I forgot I, about I, it. Yeah, oh, I, I sort of, I sort of felt like you know been there done. Well, that I know what Gary will be watching though this week. Celebrity MasterChef. Well, not only that, but uh, the return of uh, Only Connect, uh, the Mash Report. Television has returned. It's, back it's, the, it's autumn, folks. It's autumn <laughs> yeah. for Gary. Um, speaking of Gary. How uh -oh. much about TV does he really know? It is I just time. got to pop downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Gary to take on the ultimate TV quiz, Boxmaster. Okay, let's begin. Now, what's the score to beat, Matt? I know I should know this, but... I think it's 27. Let me just have a quick look. And who got that? I, I've got a document. Right. Who's, got, who's got the lowest? What have I got to beat not to be the worst? Rob, oh, Robin, right. Robin is still at the top with 27, and we've got three people on 12. Matt's in charge of the questions this week. Oh, am I? Oh, Jesus. They're in this... <laughs> Luckily, I'm sitting next to Gary's bookshelf where there's a quiz book. So maybe I... Oh, right, yeah. That's the one I used to use for Matt versus Luke. <laughs> so, no, we should say no relation to box, uh, Popmaster, no, except for slightly no, the name. No. And I the can confirm that. Matt is not Ken Bruce. I, I can confirm yeah. it. Um, so, Gary, your, your, your bonuses, first of all. Uh -oh. Would you like join our club or every day I write the book? <laughs> <laughs> okay now in trying to read behind the lines there uh every day i write the book is probably related to adaptations from books which is probably it's, good it's period not, dramas it's not it's not no you well you two could be putting me off i'm gonna go with the club one okay because you love um, the biscuit yeah so, so the bonuses will come um questions three six and nine but we'll start with question one Susan Bunch, Carol Green, and Estelle Leonard were all recurring characters in which long-running sitcom? He's going to kick himself. Oh, friends. Yes, well done. Susan is, is Carol. Uh, is Carol. Yeah. Carol's Car wife. Well, Carol. <laughs> Susan okay. is Carol. Carol. Lesbian life partner. <laughs> yes. 
Okay. Oh, okay. I got. Yeah. Who were the other two though? Well, Estelle Karen is... Green is is Rachel's mum. Oh yeah. And course. Estelle Leonard is Joey's agent. Yeah. Question two: Who took over hosting duties on Countdown following the passing of Richard Whiteley in two thousand and five? Oh God. Oh, uh, Jeff Stelling. No. Oh rats. It was another sportscaster. It was Des Lynham. Oh, of course. I knew there was someone before Nick Hewer. Mm. And also Des O'Connor. Anyway, question three. It's your first bonus. Join our club. Brian Potter owned which club that featured at the heart of a sitcom that aired between 2001 and 2002? Well, Brian Potter was Phoenix Knights. Yeah. So what was the name of the club? Uh Uh-oh. I can hear Googling. No, I'm not Googling. It's really (laughs) easy. I'm using using, Oh, Is it Phoenix Knights? Oh, I don't know. Should we give it to him? The Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Oh, well done, yeah. The Phoenix Club, yeah. So, um, question, question four is the theme tune question. Carol King duetted on a version of her 1970 hit where you lead with her daughter Louise Goffin for the theme song of which US show? So, Carol King, she's like, sort of like, oh, good grief. And the song is called Where You Lead. As it's you. And do as, as it's you, I'm going to say Gilmore Girls because it's well, you. Well done. Oh, oh, yeah. right. That's cheating, oh, surely. No, no but I was. No, I was it's, just thinking it's, it's something that Gary's seen as well. I was trying not to... But the clue there was it was a mother and daughter. Oh, I didn't get well, that. Well, no, I haven't done just things I've liked. No, 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 I? but I've, if I've got no idea, I was just thinking, okay. you know, what the hell. Uh, question five. What was the profession of Caroline Quentin's titular character in the late 90s sitcom Kiss Me Kate? I know she was a nurse in Men Behaving Badly. That's not the question. No, no, no. But I'm trying to think what other jobs <laughs> she's done. I don't know. Teacher. No. Luke, do you know? She's a psychiatrist. Yeah, counsellor. Oh, right. Okay. I would have given you psychiatrist, though, I think. Thank you, right. Matt. Second bonus. Join our club. The Cobra Club, the Market Seller and Scarlet were some of the names of the nightclub in which long-running British series? Um... <laughs> I mean, I know, not, I know it's not the places in EastEnders, but... Um... Uh... I don't know. Um, Minder. Do you want the answer? Yeah. EastEnders. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> I've watched these things. One of them is the Dag Bar. Well, no, the Dag Bar wasn't the nightclub. That was the trendy wine bar. Club, come on. And the night, the nightclub is the one. Well, I thought the market seller might be a clue because it's on the market. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't get that. Okay, Luke, would you have known that? Yeah, but I. It was the Scarlet one that was throwing me off. Because it's Scarlet's, isn't it, rather than Scarlet? I think it is Scarlet. They they say Scarlet's, but it is Scarlet. Okay. Bit like they say the Queen's Vic, but it's actually Certainly on Wikipedia, because I looked that up. Uh, (laughs) Question number seven um, Mm -hmm. is the the year question. Oh, great. 
Blockbusters Blackadder and Alvida Saint Pet all de debuted on British TV in which year? Eighty-eight. Oh no. Luke, do you have you got a guess? My guess would be eighty-three. Well done. It's the year of mine and Luke's birth. <laughs> I was a bit like, I mean, I feel the same. I, I, I never watched because I was only about 10 when it came out, then on nine. It's the, but... it's the year Matt and I debuted as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the year that you debuted. <laughs> yeah. What were you watching on television? Question, <laughs> question, uh, question eight is one I've put on purely because Gary is here. Oh. Right. Who played Arthur Daly's nephew, Archie, in Channel 5 <laughs> 2009 <laughs> week with some minder? Oh, Gary Cole. Or Gary something. He was he was game as Gary. <laughs> no, the, the no. actor. I'm looking for the actor. Oh, the actor who played. I'll, I'll, I'll read the question again. Who yeah. played Arthur Daly's nephew Archie in Channel 5's 2009 oh, of Minder? I, I I didn't think you heard the whole question because Luke <laughs> Sorry, was yeah, laughing yeah, over. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So the problem was originally it was Dennis Waterman. Then there was a guy that replaced Dennis Waterman in the BBC version. Uh, Shane Ritchie. Well done. Was it? Yes. Brilliant. Your your final um, bonus question. Join our club. Which group went to Miami, LA, and back to the fifties in children's TV shows that aired in the late nineties and early two thousands? Oh, that'd be S Club Seven. Well done. Not even a shit. I mean, not even a thing uh, of hesitation. Form yeah. Formative years there, watching Rachel Stevens and Hannah. <laughs> Uh, when you say formative years, you would have been about twenty-five. Those are my formative years. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a slow developer. I was a, I was a late bloomer. Uh, and, yeah. and finally, question ten: Who beat Vinnie Jones and Dane Bowers to win the final series of Celebrity Big Brother to air on Channel Four in twenty ten? So Vinnie Jones and Dane Bowers. Yes. So who else was in that series? So it can't have been like the Marco Indians. It can't have been Beds. Was it something like Brian Bello? Was it one of the big no, brother it... people that came back as a celebrity? No. Luke, do you remember? I don't remember. It's annoying me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, shall I? Yes. Is Alex Reed? Oh, oh, the, God, the, the, the bloke. Oh, man. so was everybody in that episode series related to Jordan at one point? Well, those Cross. two, those two were. Vinnie yeah. Jones, Jones related. Well, I, I just started a rumor. Also, uh, fe also <laughs> featured Bass Hunter, Ivana Trump, and Stephanie Beecham, and, and Cisco. I don't, think, I don't think I watched that much, like most of the nation. And Lady uh, Sovereign, I remember. Lady being Sovereign, that. Cisco. Oh, yeah. And no, I, I don't. I don't remember. What, I mean, I probably remember watching the first night, like I used to. You know, just to tweet along and that bit about it. No, well done. That, that stumped me. He has got eighteen points. Yes. Oh wow, that's good. That's joint, not bad. Joint fifth with uh, with Will. Well. As I said to you, I just didn't want to come last. So that. I said no, joint six. Joint six. Oh, I'm just being demoted. <laughs> Still good. Uh, right then, I think it's time for the bit of the podcast that won't become a regular feature, but people have been hanging on for. It's. What's in Gary's fridge? Oh, I can't reach the fridge from where. Well, do, you, do you want me to come down? And come I'll, back I'll, down. I'll, yeah, come back down. Hold on. Come down. Come, back. come down. What's in the fridge? Hold on. Yeah. 
I'm sitting locked. Uh, I'm feeling a bit of deja vu because I'm sitting next like, to a lot of Royal Mail special delivery bags. What I would do, Gary, take your headset off and just shout and we'll hear yeah, you yeah, through yeah. maps. Right. Uh, peppers, onions, cheese. Mayonnaise. Lots of mayonnaise. Quite an excellent um, hot weather spray for boots at the back. I thought I was going to scream. <laughs> Don't have any of that on your tarts, Matt. Sorry? Don't have any of that on your tarts. May- mayonnaise and salad. Yeah. He's gone into his drawers now. He's covered. <laughs> Inside Gary's drawers. Uh, cornflakes. Kidney beans. Always good to add to a meal. Do you not have any chocolate, Gary? Chocolate biscuits. He's bought both dark and normal milk oh, chocolate. nice choice. Because I didn't know what he'd like, so I, I was fair enough. Like, you know, well, maybe he likes dark chocolate, or maybe he likes, you know. No, that's fair enough. You're still playing the diabetic card. That's fine. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not like, well, it's not likely to be a card I disappear from anytime is soon. There any, is there anything? Because this is the one and only chance we're going to have, and I'm aware you're both going out later. Is there anything in in Gary's house that you could <laughs> tell us about, Matt? That I'm seeing next to a picture of his nephew. There's oh, lots of pictures sweet. of my nephew. But in yes. a sailboat and a sailor's uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, thank you very much for my birthday present. I hope you oh. enjoyed the party. Oh. I was hoping it'd be one of Gary in a sailor's suit. Well, those are at my mum's house. <laughs> We've also got some hay fever relief. Eye drops. He's also got the World Cup trophy. No, that I, I, I pre- correctly predicted the World Cup winner where I was working and they got me that as a prize. You know, like you do sweepstakes. Yeah. Uh, what colour is Gary? Just like insights, what colour is Gary's sofa? Things like that, people are going to want to know. It's sort, sort of brown. brown. What would you find that? I'd, say, I'd say brown, yeah. 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 That's where I'm start, sleeping tonight. Did it start off brown? Easy. He's sleeping <laughs> on there tonight. It's so. gone brown over the years. I'm talking to you, as. Yeah. It's sort of like a chocolatey colour. Oh, okay. Is it recliner or just a normal sofa? Recli- is it one of them reclines? No, no, no. Those well, two. Reclines. Those two. The middle one doesn't. <laughs> you've got a sleep are you got a sleeping bag or you're on a sheet tonight? A sleeping bag? A sheet underneath and then there's a sleeping bag. Well, there's all, and a, there's all sorts of stuff. There's, there's a variety. I you should come down, Luke. I, despite the fact I wouldn't actually be able to find another bed for you, I, I, I do well in hosting. This is the episode of Sinclair User that I worked on when I was fifteen on work experience. You'll see my name in there. But you didn't say in the magazine industry. No, but that's my one claim to fame, that I, I, I spent two weeks working Oh, I don't want to touch this without... It feels like something I have to... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Any, anything else you want to know about my, my house and my life? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick myself, because there's going to be loads of things I want to well, know. Well, Matt, Matt's here till tomorrow, so if you think of anything... I'll just see the Argos catalogue. Is there an Argos catalogue? Yeah, just done that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Paul <laughs> book. I like the fact that you were discovering things that go so that yeah, Gary doesn't know, know about. I'm hoping you can find some things I've lost while I've been here. It's like Matt, a sniffer dog or something. Yeah. I'm gonna... Thank you, Matt. Enjoy your evening and your, the rest of your day. Thank you, Luke. Matt, this is the last chance to use the safety word if... If, if, if you're there <laughs> you're going to wake up taped to the sofa in the morning the podcast will be podcast will be back next week with another guest great to have you back Gary have a good night thank you very much it's been a pleasure and uh, speak to you soon take care bye
Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.